On July 21, 1969, only 21 layers of fabric, most gossamer thin, stood between the skin of Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and the lethal desolation of a lunar vacuum. Most, if not all of the functions of these layers could easily have been reduced to one or two hard layers of fiberglass or aluminum. Indeed, many such hard suits were proposed and crafted during the era of Apollo, both visually and organizationally simpler than their soft counterpart, such suits were arguably more efficient in their ease of movement, protectiveness, weight, and other measures. Yet these were not used. Why? The story of the Apollo spacesuit is the surprising tale of an unexpected victory, that of Playtex, maker of bras and girdles over the large military-industrial contractors better positioned to secure the spacesuit contract. This book tells the story of this victory and analyzes both the Playtex suit, a 21-layer, complex assemblage, and its hard competitors. It is the clean lines of the latter that have traditionally captured designers' imaginations. One noted critic described the AX-3 hard suit as the most beautiful designed object I have ever seen. In contrast to these hard suits, Playtex's A7L has traditionally been seen as a messy, almost embarrassing compromise. Yet, this book argues, we are in dire need of a language to describe and create such elegant, adapted softness. At a time when contemporary design discourse is turning again to a system's vernacular, albeit in a biological guise, the story of the Apollo spacesuit is an essential counterexample. Against this background, the consideration of alternatives to the A7L leads us not just to the hard military-industrial prototypes that presented alternative strategies for spacesuit design, but to a deeper kind of system proposal that for modifying the human body itself to allow space exploration. This earlier proposal, which coined the new word cyborg, was rooted not in science fiction, but rather in the same language of systems and control, cybernetics, that was to characterize the space race as a whole. The resulting systems of military-industrial control first developed to build the complex nuclear missiles on which NASA's rockets depended, proved enormously successful throughout the space race. Coordinating 300,000 individuals, 20,000 contractors, and innumerable physical systems, the Apollo program's Space Age Management allowed a logistical network of unprecedented complexity to reach the singular goal of landing Americans on the moon. Yet, despite the optimism of the 1958 Cyborg proposal, such techniques proved enduringly inadequate when it came to designing for the human body. Again and again, alternatives to the Playtex A7L would propose engineering man for space, and again and again the human body aggressively resisted such encroachments. In the final reckoning, it was only when traditional engineering firms proved consistently incapable of integrating the human body into system requirements that Playtex's proposal and the company's intimate expertise was accepted by NASA. And so, in an unexpected adaptation that recalls recent work on the dynamics of evolutionary change, listen to Layer 20. The spacesuit worn on the moon was not developed from military-industrial expertise, but rather from underwear. 
And instead of being engineered de novo, each Apollo suit was custom-fitted and sewn to fit its occupant alone. 21 Layers The 21-layer A7L has a multi-layered history. It was both influenced by and influenced fields from haute couture to medicine. To write a single, linear narrative of its creation would not only be difficult, it would deny the very quality of the object that makes it worthy of research, its open-ended complexity. The evolution of the Apollo suit provides a connective tissue to astonishingly disparate, yet individually essential strands of material and visual culture, technology and design.